This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Breaking news out of Indianapolis with the NFL scouting combine involving one of the top players in this year's draft as warrants are out for the arrest of Jalen Carter, ex-Georgia defensive star and top NFL draft prospect. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, no need to to hide behind the fact that we were just on. So we were just doing greedy for the last couple of hours. We're going to do that tomorrow also. But fear not, we are still bringing you everything we've got for the next three hours on Fitz and Harry, as we love to do every single day. It is Dress for Success Wednesday. We'll get into that in just a little bit. But we start with the very serious news out of the NFL at this point, as police have secured arrest warrants for former Georgia defensive star Jalen Carter stemming from the top NFL draft prospects alleged involvement in a fatal crash involving a teammate. The athens Clark County, Georgia Police Department announced Wednesday Carter will be arrested for reckless driving and racing. Remember, Devin Willock, who was an offensive lineman for the Bulldogs, and recruiting staff member Chandler LaCroix were killed in what police initially reported as a single vehicle accident. Details of the investigation released Wednesday cited evidence that Carter and LaCroix were, quote, operating their vehicles in a manner consistent with racing shortly before the crash. This is a quote. The evidence demonstrated that both vehicles switched between lanes, drove in the center turn lane, drove in opposite lanes of travel, overtook other motorists, and drove at a high rate of speed in an apparent attempt to outdistance each other, the police statement said. According to documents and recordings of 911 calls reviewed by the Journal-Constitution, at least two vehicles driven by Georgia football players have been at the scene, including the 2021 Jeep Trackhawk, driven by Carter, who left the scene before police or emergency personnel arrived. He did return to the scene two hours later, according to the paper, which reported that he was asked by police whether he had been racing the vehicle that crashed. He did not end up racing to the officer, who observed no signs that the 310-pound defensive lineman had been drinking, according to the Journal-Constitution. He is the number one overall prospect in this year's draft, according to Mel Kuyper. He was scheduled to speak at the podium today. That did not happen. In fact, the NFL decided not to have anyone in his group speak. So there will be no more players scheduled to speak today that will step up to the podium. They're not having any of it happen. He's Eric Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. That is the facts. Those are the actual facts of the information as best we have them right now. And Harry, I will say this again. I know we've said this before, but I will say it again. I am stunned in a world where nothing is kept secret from anyone and in a world where there is so much investigation into every single person that's even thought of as the top draft pick. I am stunned to find out today minutes before he hits the podium, that he is even a part of this January 15th accident that was covered so much when it happened, and I'm stunned that this is happening in this moment. This is a just an absolutely shaking development for the NFL draft. Hey, yeah, Fitz, I'll start right here. I think this is an unfortunate situation for Jalen Carter, a situation that he, that he doesn't want to be in. Also unfortunate for the two people that lost their lives in Chandler LaCroix and Devin Willock. I think we're in a situation now that we knew before we got this news that Jalen Carter was the number one prospect, right? A lot of people has been saying that if he was able to go to the draft last year, he would have been the number number one overall pick. Of all the defensive players that Georgia has had over the last few years, he is the best one of them all. But now we have this news and we have to compartmentalize a lot of things. 
Number one, I don't know how Kirby Smart, the head coach of the Georgia Bulldogs, the athletic director, uh, Josh Brooks, and the president of University of Georgia, Moorhead, I don't know how any of these guys didn't have the knowledge that we just received. So I'm waiting to hear from them to figure out what they knew and what they didn't know, right? Because I think that's important in this entire situation. Also, we look at Jalen Carter and the position that he's in. Young people. And even older people, the choices that you make can alter other people's lives and also alter your life. So we have to start being better with our decision-making and the choices that we make within this game we call life. Because now we're talking about two people losing their lives, and now Jalen Carter, his life being altered because of this entire situation fits. It hits me when you say that because, according to the police report, LaCroix, who obviously passed away in the accident, her blood alcohol content level was double the legal limit. And I think often in my life in general, um, there's a show you might remember, Harry, from the 80s and 90s called Behind the Music. And Mm -hmm. Behind the Music used to sit there with all these musicians, and it would be their story 20, 30 years later. And you'd see how many of them were broke and had gone through rehab and and, and tried to live through all these different things. Behind the Music, I think, genuinely changed the music industry because so many of us that had this dream of becoming a musician had a better understanding of action and consequence, right? So the modern generation of musician has a much better understanding of, hey, if I do this, then this will happen. We are not that far removed from Henry Ruggs having an absolute tragic accident that resulted in the loss of life and destroyed his life, right? All of this happening at once, loss of life, by far the most important part of any of this conversation. But to me, if that isn't a wake-up call for anybody looking at this, especially if you're a football player, because football, as you talk about all the time, there's a community around guys that play football at the highest level. There's just there's a sense of of sort of like you know the guys and you, you, you respect it more and you feel it more. When someone from your own community just went through this a year and a half ago and it has absolutely changed lives, how can you put yourself back behind the wheel doing the same damn thing? Like, I can't. I can't make it make sense when there's such a recent example to everybody of what not to do. Well, Fitz, and I'm going to take it a step further. We're at a time in 2023 where you have the proper training. You have people telling you what to do and what not to do. Right? So now when I look at it from the lens of my eyes, I think it's just being ignored. And it shouldn't. And I mentioned this early on, on Greeny's show. Spike Lee has a movie called Do the Right Thing. Do the right thing, man. And I know it's easier said than done, but one bad choice can alter your entire life or someone else's. And people already have this stereotype on athletes, right? Don't give them a reason to say, I told you so. That's one of the things I've been fighting since I've been in this position that I'm in is breaking the stigma, breaking the stereotype on athletes because it's one of the things that make me cringe. Because you can have a handful of people do some things and it can destroy it for an entire athlete community. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. And, and when you say that, it just speaks to you know, what's important here, which obviously we will continue to stress throughout the entire conversation is the loss of life. It also speaks to understanding the situation you're in for any individual. You know, I, and, I'm going to stop you really quick, too. I'm sorry, Fitz. Who are you hanging around, though? You know what I'm saying? Because, see, I would get in a fight with any of my friends if they decide they want to drink and drive. Like, I, I'm, I'm not letting 
people that I consider friends or t- I'm not letting them do that. I'm not going to allow them to to ruin their lives that way. I had a teammate, Delaney Walker, who had family members on the way to the game to go watch him play get killed in a car accident because of a drunk driver, Fitz. So when you have a teammate go through something like that and lose family members, it hit me as a teammate. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think we all have a duty to, along with the people involved in the situation, to do the right thing, but also the people that are surrounding these individuals, hold them accountable and don't let them do it. It, it speaks to that's something Georgia's going to have to answer for too, right? Because this was all around a celebration around winning the national championship. Yep. Where are the checks and balances? You know, and and look, this is this is true for every person, every individual. I I don't want to hold anybody like they have some different standard to this. This is just a, a basic standard of life. But let me be clear here. If you're Jalen Carter, you should have a bunch of people around you that you can look to that will look to you and be like, dude, you got something on the line. You 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 have too much to lose. Where was that person in this conversation around everybody involved? You got a bunch of Georgia football players, according to the police reports, street racing at, at excess speeds, and at least one of them had a, a blood alcohol content double the legal limit. It's, Two so people died in access, this accident. Man, there's so much access that we have today that shows us and tells us what not to do. There, there's so much access to it. I used to speak at the Rookie Symposium, Fitz. I used to speak at the Rookie Symposium. And I know he hasn't gotten to that point yet, but the way we are in college football and the level that we're at now, I know it's people in place to tell these guys to make the right decisions and, and the do's and the don'ts. Well, especially at Georgia. Like, he's not playing at, you know, MTSU. He's not in Middle Tennessee, like, where they, they probably don't have systems to help guys get into the NFL the same way, right? Like, he's playing at Georgia. And, and, and I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not judging his character. I'm not, I'm not doing anything. I'm just, none of that. I'm just saying, make the right choices and make the right decisions. The, the most it's okay to be cool by doing the right thing. It's okay. It's okay. It is tragic that he lost the life of a teammate and that he lost the life of somebody in a recruiting staff member that I'm presuming he had a great relationship with. It is tragic to go through that loss. It is also to see this disturbing to think that there was any way something that somebody could have done in that process to de-escalate this situation. And to me, I keep looking at all of it. And Jalen Carter did not speak today. That is no surprise to anybody. But do you think it's ironic that this leaked while oh, he's at the combine? No. Right when he's about to go speak? No. It's not ironic. But even, I mean, he's going to have to speak at some point. Yeah, not just 100%. us. He's going to have to answer a lot of questions about what he was thinking, what happened, what went on. Not just to us, but to every team right now. Anybody that was even considering Jalen Carter in the draft is now going to be asking real questions to your point, Harry, of who is, who is, he, who is he around? What, what are the influences? What, what is he doing? And how is he making these decisions? Because certainly the tragedy is the most important part of this. The other part of this is somebody that was weeks, weeks away from generational wealth that would change absolutely everything in their life made this kind of decision. That is something that teams are going to ask questions about. I can promise you that.
It's Fitz no, and I, Harry. I agree with you. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Uh, we will keep you updated. I'm sure as the day goes on, we're going to get more information. Dan Graziano going to join us later in the show. He is in Indy. We will see what the latest is. I can tell you, we talked to, earlier to Courtney Cronin. She echoed the sentiment. Everybody in Indy is as shocked at this as we are, but we will get you the information as it breaks. There's no easy way to transition to things that are more lighthearted, more fun, but we will do our best to do that. Aaron Rodgers has emerged from, emerged from the darkness, and he's spoken about his football future. You'll hear it, and it will prove to you yet again that he's obviously one of our most loyal listeners. We'll do it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Our feelings haven't changed about Aaron. It feels today more real than it ever has at any point. Do you want him back as the quarterback of the Packers? Those discussions have to happen and making sure that it's the right fit. Today was the first time that the window was open by Brian Gutekunst to say that he may not be back in Green Bay. He said, our season and what happened last year adjusted our thinking a little bit. And now he's saying that all options are open. So he's going to play somewhere else. Every single day, we get more thoughts on Aaron Rodgers, but now we've heard from him. So the question is, what does it mean? He says he found an inner peace during his four-day darkness retreat last week with whatever his football future holds. But he didn't reveal what that decision is or even if he's made one. But that won't keep us from breaking down what he did say. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Harry, first and foremost, I think we can all agree at this point that uh, we've, we've said this several times. I think the last four times that we've had a big statement on Aaron Rodgers, the following week on some media outlet, usually on Pat McAfee's show, he makes a thinly veiled reference to something we have said specifically. <laughs> I, he loves us. T- tell us you listen to our show without really telling us you listen to our show, A-Rod. I mean, we know just, you're listening out there. Just call in, dude. Like We'll give you a special number. We'll let you also take over fits. a whole segment. Also, you know, Grandma told me a hit dog will holler every time. Uh, uh, a hit dog will holler every a time? A hit dog will holler, man. Damn, okay. don't make it awkward. I, I, what's that mean? <laughs> like a- if, a, if, if a dog gets hit, it's going to holler, bro. That means Aaron Rodgers, if something is true, he's going to holler about it. Okay. Like I, just, I didn't know if you knew like the origins of it or oh, something. Man. Like, like I, I got I a buddy. I got a buddy that used to always say <laughs> "sexiest socks on a rooster," and I didn't understand what "sexiest socks on a rooster" were. And so one day I finally said to him, my buddy Tate, shout out to Tate, uh, Dixon, Tennessee, right? And I was like, "What? What do you mean, sexiest socks on a rooster?" And he's like, "Well, the little white feet on rooster are called socks when you show them. So if you have really tall white markings on the feet of a rooster, <laughs> that actually makes it a better show rooster. So sexiest socks on a rooster is like, man, you got a good." rooster going on see so i didn't know uh, Look, I, got, I got one i stole from my wide receiver coach right i remember one day he told me to do something i didn't do it the way he told me to do it and he he literally said to me if i tell you a pigeon could pull a mat truck just hook that son of a up and don't ask me any questions <laughs> so I, I love that saying that if i tell you a pigeon could that is that is amazing i'm all in on that uh one of my other southernisms is always uh Fairs where a pig gets a ribbon. That see, these are the things you live in the South long enough, you get some. Oh, Devin, Devin throwing a finger up. Uh, Fairs where a pig gets a ribbon. No, you, you know what else you say a lot? What the thing of it is, 
Oh, do I say the thing? Yeah, hundred percent. The thing of it is. Okay. I kind of like that one. It's Mike very... could is another Southernism that I like. Mike could, like maybe Mike could. Could that happen? Mike could. Uh, all right. So Mike could. Aaron Rodgers could end up the Jets quarterback. Mike could. He could retire. Mike could. Every day. There's one thing that is not up in the air. One thing we are hundred percent sure of, and that is whatever he speaks, we will react to it. So. This is what Aaron Rodgers had to say on the Aubrey Marcus podcast about his decision-making. It's a very, uh, there's a finality to the decision. Mm -hmm. And I don't make it lightly. I don't want to drag anybody around. Look, I'm answering questions about it because I get asked about it. Um, I'm talking about it because it's important to me. If you don't like it and you think it's drama, you think I'm being a diva or whatever, then just tune it out. Mm -hmm. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But this is my life. It's important to me. And I'll make a decision soon enough and then we'll go down that road and be really excited about it. I mean, you 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 mentioned drama and diva last week and now he's yes. bringing it up. The epitome of a hit dog a holla. Because <laughs> you're saying, you know, if you think, you know, I'm drama or too much, then don't listen. Well, obviously, you know you are. You know you're dragging the situation out. You know these things. Just make a decision, A-Rod. Make a decision. There's a, 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 you know, I'm just going to be honest with you for a second here. Uh, Like, I know my voice isn't for everybody. And I know, like, you know, I'm I'm a crackly, loud guy. You know that. And this is for anyone that's ever wondered. This is not a show. This is, like, my voice is how I talk 24-7. Harry, Devin, they can all attest to this. Like, I am I am at A10 everywhere I go. And it's funny that I'll laugh and then I'll look at Twitter and I'll have like a, a tweet that says, oh, my God, never laugh again. It's the worst thing in the world. And the next tweet's like, oh, my God, I love your laugh. Uh, even at Orange Theory when I was working out, I, I went into the high voice thing. And the, the coach was like, is that a nervous ticket? I'm like, nope, just how I talk. Like, I get that <laughs> I my voice is not for everybody. This it's a very. Uh, it's a very. It just makes me just want like to gouge to, my eyeballs to, out. T- trying to sound like he's a philosopher or something. Like he's, uh, like he's a Greek god or something. It, hey, listen to me and how I'm maneuvering and what I'm talking. And you know, if you feel like I'm dragging things out, and you know, I talk about it because I'm being asked about it. You know, <laughs> be serious. There's an NPR skit from Saturday Night Live uh, where they were selling uh, Shweddy. Shweddy was the name of the company. I won't go through the whole skit, but they all talk in that NPR, like, whisper voice <laughs> everywhere they go. And that's what I feel like. Every time I listen to Aaron Rodgers speak, like, it just it just puts me on edge. It, it just, you know, for a guy that's found his peace in the darkness, I wish he could have found his quiet there, too. But, unfortunately, we have to listen to him talk, which means we're going to react to it. And he says, when if you don't like it, don't react to it. Well, unfortunately, my job is to react to the biggest stories in sports and Aaron Rodgers is one of the biggest stories in sports. Uh, I I don't know, though, that we have any better sense right now of even if Aaron Rodgers is going to play. Like, I I mean, to me, even when you go back to some of the little things he said, this is, to me, it's mind-blowing that he's still going back to how he was treated when the Green Bay drafted his replacement and all these things. Like, okay, a year ago, you took the money. If you took the money and you took the three-year deal and you said water under the bridge, how do you get to bring it back up now? Like, this is worse than a passive-aggressive divorce at this point where you're coming in and you're like, I thought we were past this, and now all of a sudden you're bringing it right back in my face? Like, what are we doing? Listen, he's at a place now where he just wants to create his own narratives and hey create your own narratives then a rod just keep giving us lanes to talk about it you want to want to know why we keep talking about it because uh espn pays me and fitz to talk about it but that's why paid. we talk about it you get paid to do this oh 
man, I've been doing things <laughs> wrong. Uh, by the way, I will save you guys all, all, over the course of the next three hours. Here's what I promise you. We'll play two or three clips of Aaron Rodgers. That way you don't have to listen to the entire one hour and 41 minute interview unless you're into like the call map where you need something to help uh, help because I'm telling you an hour and 41 minutes of this voice. It's a very uh, there's a finality. I mean I there's not an amount of therapy that's going to get me through that. Fitz and Harry's presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly 700 bucks on average. I know we will continue to break down what all of this means for Aaron Rodgers, and I thought today at the Combine we would get more answers. If there is any sense of that from the Combine, we'll update update you on it. Also want to make sure you know uh, that Dan Graziano is going to join us in about an hour. He's in, in, in Indy. Hopefully we can get insights on Jalen Carter and on Aaron Rodgers, whatever else is new in Indianapolis. In the meantime, yesterday on this very show, I told you one definitive thing about the Lakers, and oh my God, was I right. We'll break it down for you next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Can the Lakers make the playoffs without LeBron? No, I wasn't sure the Lakers could make the playoffs with LeBron. This is the nightmare when it comes to the Lakers. We could just shove aside that notion that they're going to advance beyond the plan and get to the sixth seed because without LeBron, that ain't happening. It's unfortunate that LeBron went down, but injuries are a real part of our sport, and we got to step up and hold down the fort until he returns. If you're a fan of LeBron James or the Lakers, you're saying, there goes my team's chances of making the playoffs. It was a tight game for the first half. But in the second half, John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies went straight at the heart of the Los Angeles Lakers, only to defi- only to find out the Lakers don't have any heart. Fitz and Har- Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. The Lakers lost to the Grizzlies. I saw this coming, Harry. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. This is no great surprise to me that they lost. It's how they lost that I think is the statement of everything that's wrong with the Lakers because Memphis and the L.A. were in a tight game. And I'll admit to you, Harry, first half, I was a little puckered up. I was a little worried. You know, I came out here and said I didn't think the Lakers would have it. I was a little scared. Then the second half hit, and all of a sudden we saw history made, a tie for the record for most paint points in the second half or in a half of any game since 1996 the the Grizzlies went straight at the Lakers and just absolutely demolished them and I think the thing that's mind-boggling to me though Fitz about those paint points and the total for the Memphis Grizzlies last night was 86 in the paint which is mind-blowing but I think what's also mind-blowing is that the Los Angeles Lakers on Sunday they played the Dallas Mavs and they were the dominant team in the paint. That was one of the pluses that I had for them within that ball game. But for them to come into this game against the Memphis Grizzlies, which is which was on national TV, and you know have the second half that they did, it's inexcusable. Talk about a guy in John Morant. In the third quarter alone, John Morant had 28 points, Fitz. 28 points. At no point did anyone on the Lakers team decide, you know what, we're going to really put him on his backside and make him keep thinking about coming in here and springing up and jumping like a spring chicken at, at some point. Or Dar- Darvin Ham, their head coach, at what point is he going to say, you know what, guys, let's clog the paint. Let's force these guys to shoot jump shots from outside. They shot 19.4% from the three, the Memphis Grizzlies did. So I, I don't know why that wasn't the game plan. 
uh, to, to keep forcing the Memphis Grizzlies to shoot from the perimeter versus getting points inside the paint. I thought the Lakers turned the basketball over entirely too much. 26 turnovers that led to 41 points off of those turnovers for the Memphis Grizzlies. You're not going to win that way. Not with 86 points in the paint allowing and turning the, the basketball over 26 times. No bueno. I mean, let's oversimplify basketball for a second. You got your butt kicked at turnovers. You got your butt kicked in the paint. And you let their star go off in a way that was absolutely unstoppable. And I'm supposed to be shocked you lost? Like, I I heard him saying this morning on the morning show, what's the identity of the Lakers? That's a real question. And the identity of the Lakers is they're a beatable average basketball team. That, that's just real. Like, Memphis came into this situation. We've talked a lot on, on this show about the fact that Memphis needs to find secondary scoring from somewhere. Last night, they didn't. They just gave the ball to Ja. And we all knew it was coming. Everybody knew what was going to happen. And the Lakers had zero solution. They couldn't adjust from a coaching standpoint. They couldn't adjust from a playing standpoint. And they got their butts whooped. This was a prove-it moment. And all the Lakers did was prove me right that they're not a playoff team. And here's the funny thing about it. The Memphis Grizzlies were going through droughts in that ball game without scoring. So luckily for the Lakers... They weren't down big the entire game. Luckily for them, they were up three points at halftime. But part of that, in my eyes, was due to the Grizzlies and the lack of shooting that they have on their roster. Outside of Desmond Bain, outside of Luke Kennard, who they acquired in a trade from the Los Angeles Clippers. I just, I don't, I don't, I would never understand it with the Lakers. Um, but it also showed why LeBron James is as valuable as he is, though. Facts, Fitz. facts. Because yeah. when you have LeBron James playing at point four, I don't think you're gonna have 26 turnovers in a basketball game. Because I'm watching Austin Reeves, who you know stepped up tremendously in the first half, had 15 at halftime. But I'm watching him turn the basketball over consistently. He had four. Lonnie Walker, the fourth, he had three. Dennis Schroeder, the point guard, he had six. We're talking about guys that's supposed to be handling the basketball, having that many turnovers and putting your team in terrible situations. But you sort of you saw that coming a little bit yes, yesterday because you mentioned yep. that all of a sudden with no LeBron, these guys are going to get more attention. And when they're getting more attention, there's going to be more demanded of them. And all of a sudden, you're it, it's no different than what we've talked about a million times for football fans. If you've got a great – if you're Cincinnati – and you had a great wide receiver, too, that was sort of a wide receiver one in T. Higgins. It's turned into a wide receiver one, no question. But you, when you draft Jamar Chase, what you do is you change everything that T. Higgins is going to see, right? You change the coverages. That's He's right. going to be up against him. Your offense blows up. If you're the Lakers, you take away LeBron. It's not just the fact that they don't have LeBron's production. It's that all of the matchups defensively shift. And now the Lakers have to be able to adjust. And what we saw last night was not only that the Lakers can't adjust in that situation, but even when Memphis, because I think you're right, Memphis showed themselves at times in their drought scoring to be a little one-dimensional. Even when they showed themselves to be one-dimensional, even when you knew what was coming, you couldn't stop it. And you know this as a former athlete. The most demoralizing thing in sports is when you know what they're going to do to you. Yeah, you're you prepared. you can't do a damn thing about it. <laughs> I mean, isn't that what we were seeing? You can't do a damn thing about it, man. That is demoralizing. I'm, honestly, it, it, it really is, Fitz. And the Lakers, they're they're in a situation right now. And they also didn't have D'Angelo Russell. Uh, I thought D'Angelo yeah. Russell could have been able to help last night orchestrating things. But when you have two guys in LeBron James and D'Angelo Russell that can, you know, alter games from a ball handling standpoint and a scoring standpoint and they're not out there, 
that's it's going to equate to 26 turnovers. And I didn't even mention the five turnovers that Anthony Davis had. And Anthony Davis had a good game. He had, you know, 28, 19, and five blocks. But for some reason, that it didn't seem dominant. It didn't seem dominant at all. I, I totally agree with you. And I think part of that is because in the second half, it felt like they Memphis as a team decided to attack so much. It was almost like, hey, the way we can take AD out of this game is to attack him on the defensive side of the court, make him work harder. And, uh, you know, it, it felt like Anthony Davis was very good. The problem is Anthony Davis being very good isn't going to be good enough. Anthony Davis, for the Lakers to make any sort of a run at this point, is going to have to be epic. He's going to have to be one of the stars of the NBA. He's going to have to be one of those billboards that you put up and you say, oh, my God, Anthony's play- Anthony Davis is playing, and how do we stop him? Last you night he what? was very good, but he wasn't that. I, I'll take it a step further. You know how Ja had the mindset, you know what, I'm going to take it to him. Mm. I'm going to get in here in this, in this paint, in this lane, and I'm going to do me. You just do you. I'ma do me. That's a song, Fitz. You know, by Rocco. Anthony da- do Davis me, doesn't have that mindset. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't have that mindset. You know what? I'm about to be a go getter. I'm about to be dominant. He he just doesn't. You know that uh, th- we're gonna replace the eye test over time on this show with the dog test. Like, because there's just, you and I agree on this on so many levels. There are certain guys that the minute they walk in, you're like, yep, that any given night, that guy is going to absolutely dominate. That guy will not let it fall apart. Like, that is, Jaws definitely got that dog in him. Mm-hmm. Does AD? Yeah. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Mine are. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts. They'll install them for free. Might need to go do that this afternoon. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Stop by today or learn more at O'ReillyAuto.com. All right. With all this conversation about a team that stinks in the West, what about one that's very good? As KD is scheduled to make his son's debut tonight, can he do anything to change the fan narrative around his career? We'll explain it to you next. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. There's no doubt in my mind that there's a lot of excitement around this Suns team of what they're going to be when they get Kevin Durant. As far as integrating Kevin, I think there's going to be times where there may be hiccups. God's been great at integrating me in all the sets and having a long practice so we can figure some stuff out, so it's been fun. I'm looking forward to try to you know translate that over to the floor. The expectation is that he is going to hit the ground running, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if he fits in seamlessly to what this team does offensively. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Uh-oh. The ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas. Well, that's Friday. Jason Fitz. Well, you know what? It's midweek. Don't be jumping the gun now. Well, I mean, you're out in Vegas. You're going to go see Usher? I'm, yes. I'm that, setting that, the mood for you, buddy. That that was a gift I, I gave my wife for Christmas. Um, she wanted to go see Usher here, out here in Vegas where I am right now. She's at the hotel sleeping. I'm mm. up early working. Okay. Um, <laughs> but she deserves her beauty rest. Yeah. And yes, I put her in first class on the flight. And uh, I had myself in main cabin, but. Wait, you were in main it, cabin? Well, just relax for okay, a second. Okay, okay, okay. I was in main cabin. I got upgraded to Delta Comfort. And then when we got to the airport, I got upgraded to first class as well. Okay. Not everybody can be diamond, baby. <laughs> I mean, now, were you? did you get to sit next to your wife in first class, or did somebody, did you have to do the seat swap? How did that handle? Yeah, we did the seat swap. Um, 
I asked the lady beside me, who was a, a, a very nice old old lady, and she was like, oh, most definitely. Wait, so did you, you swap aisle for wife? aisle or window for window? That's the only thing that, like, what I hate is if I'm sitting there and somebody walks up and then guilts me into leaving the window seat because I'm very particular about wanting a window seat. And then it's like, well, I just want to sit together with the person that came with. And all of a sudden, I'm stuck in a like aisle seat that I didn't want to be in in the first place. I don't care about your marriage. I care about my comfort <laughs> flying across country. So was no. a little old lady, was it a fair swap? Well, she had a window seat, and then she took an aisle. She didn't care. But <gasps> you, let me tell you let me monster! No, 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 no. Let me tell you what, what she told me. She didn't want to be in seat one because she couldn't keep her bag with her. She had to put her bag above, you know, in, in the, the little luggage thing. So she was like, oh, perfect. Now I can have my bag. Oh, man. That's what she said. You know what? Little old lady, very nice too. Yeah, you, you, you. I can't believe it. I, this show's got a, a tremendous divide. Like, out of pure principle, if I'm in the window seat and somebody comes up and's like, "Well, I just want to sit," no, no, I'm in the window seat because I picked the window seat. Well, huh? I didn't say this at first. We asked the guy that was sitting beside my wife to swap, and he was like, "No, I'm six three. And you know, in seat one on on airplanes, you don't have the leg room like that. Like, I had to put my legs out in the aisle. So we definitely understood because that's why I hate seat one. So I didn't even, you know, get upset about him. I was like, I totally understand where you're coming from. He was, like, he was like, Kevin Hart, get 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 to the back. Uh, that was a <laughs> high joke. I made. I was back. more so mad at the, um, what do you call the the gate agent? Because as soon as they upgraded me, I was number one on the list. I went to him. I said, Hey, my man, my wife is in this seat, and I see you just upgraded someone to that seat as well. Can you put me? In the seat beside her. Oh, but I really don't want to cause any drama moving people around. I said, you literally, 30 seconds ago, just did it. Because I'm mm. like, yeah, but it's already done. I'm sorry. Oh, wow. See? HD's got a certain set of expectations. Uh, I, I'm proud of you for getting to sit with your wife, although I'm still, I'd still say no to you because the window seat's more precious than to me. And than... my voice was like that because that was his voice, though. So. Okay, I figured. I didn't figure that that was just a random interpretation. I, 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 I was, I was picking up what you were throwing down. Uh, there are <laughs> uh, expectations for you to get to sit next to your wife. There's also ex expectations for KD in Phoenix. I don't know. It's the best segue I could possibly make. Uh, but KD going to make his debut tonight with Phoenix, and it raises some questions about what the expectations are because, frankly, anytime KD's involved, it means we need to talk about, you know, his, his legacy and everybody wants to yell about what it means. And uh, there has been some conversation, you know, from the Charles Barkleys of the world who was on First Take talking about Nonsense. KD needs a title uh, without the Warriors to cement his legacy. We've talked about that, but haven't uh, haven't talked about this yet. Okay, this, this, this is pretty surprising. One Giannis Antetokounmpo. One Giannis Antetokounmpo was on Comedy Central's The Daily Show and roasted Kevin Durant by saying this. Kevin Durant, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you keep joining super teams to win the NBA title. How about, how about we work out together sometime so I can teach you how to carry your own team? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh shade it, it, from Giannis. It's funny, it's funny but from Giannis. Because he's a funny dude to me, but also, like, he's, like, after saying those things, he's like, and Kevin Durant, I really love your game. You're, you're so good. You're a great basketball player. I looked up to you when I was coming up. So, Giannis, you could tell he didn't want to be in that situation, but he did it just to have fun. 
But he also gave, you know, everyone he was talking about respect. Yeah, but there's this level of Giannis where he's just so lovable and likable and everything he of does course. with the accent combined into it that he could come in and make, like, the worst your mama joke. And you'd be like, you know what? You're right. My mama is that. Like, he's got this thing that just makes you feel like even when you're being roasted, being roasted by Giannis will still make you smile. I, I don't think, frankly, that there's anything that Kevin Durant can do that will change any narrative about him. If you Like I've said to you before, HD, if you're an old head that sits there and thinks you got to win a championship without these guys to win it, you're still going to fault him for winning it with Booker and Chris Paul and all these people. Like, if you are anti-KD, you're going to remain anti-KD no matter what. More important you, to you this process— You know what I say to that, though? What? what? You know, did Michael Jordan— Michael Jordan needed Scottie Pippen, right? Yeah, Scottie. And vice versa. Of course. LeBron James needed D-Wade and Chris Bosh, right? Mm-hmm. He needed Kyrie when he got to, when he was with the Cavs, right? Mm-hmm. Paul Pierce needed Kevin Durant and Ray Allen, right? Okay, so the narrative that these guys got to win a championship on their own is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of in my life because it doesn't work like that, man. You need people in order to win championships. You need people. I just think it's funny that we move the goalposts. It's like we only want to judge NBA players based on the number of championships they get until they get a bunch of them, and then it's how they won their championships that's really going to be the significant part. Like The fact is, if you are anti a player in the modern NBA world of media, you can find a way to cover that player that makes that player look small no matter what they accomplish. So mm-hmm. if you're sitting there saying, well, Michael Jordan's undefeated in finals. Okay, cool. Like, uh, Was he undefeated in the Eastern Conference semis? Uh, like, where, where are we going to draw that line? <laughs> in the like, And then we turn around here and say, yeah, but he won those titles on Don't you Super ever use t- Michael Jordan again as an example. You, know you better use everybody else except Michael Jordan. Well, you're in Vegas. Like, Look, I know I'm slow and you're fast, but you can't run here fast enough to kick my ass. This is the okay, one day I right. should do this. Alright, we'll keep you updated on the Suns, but a report came out today involving a top prospect in the NFL draft that could change the entire process. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry. You've been listening to the Fitz and Harry Podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And you can watch on the ESPN app.